Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. This is Fox 13 Breaking News. Thank you for joining us for this Fox 13 News special report. Elizabeth Smart found in Sandy. Well, I think you can imagine what the uh, reunion was like. It was every bit of what you could imagine. It was emotional. It was uh, exciting. The parents were uh, in tears. Most of us kind of remembered the Elizabeth Smart story. She was kidnapped at age 14 in June of 2002 by Brian David Mitchell and his wife, Wanda, near Salt Lake City. Remember, they traveled to San Diego. She was captive for about nine months, discovered in Sandy, Utah, about 18 miles from her home. And by the way, Elizabeth today thriving as a child safety activist and commentator for ABC News. And listen to this, Chris Thomas is the author of a brand new book called Unexpected, The Backstory of Finding Elizabeth Smart and Growing Up in the Culture of an American Religion. And Chris joins us now. Chris, just going through that, it's just crazy what she went through. Absolutely. It's still unbelievable 20 years later uh, that, you know, she came back alive and then to see how she's thrived and, and taken something that was such a tragedy and made it so positive and, and has really become a voice for the voiceless. Every time I see her on TV, she's always smiling. I mean, I'm sure she's had some crazy therapy. She was, she was held for nine months, just nine months of hell. And every time we see her now, she's always smiling ear to ear. She is. And and what you see publicly is how she is privately. I mean, I I have a very close relationship with her. She's like a sister to me. uh, And I'm constantly amazed and inspired. I mean, she's just like all of us. She has her frustrations and, and, you know, kids never <laughs> acting up and things like that. But to see and, and to realize what she's been through uh, and, and to see where she is now and, and how she's really using that to inspire others uh, is something that's incredibly gratifying. Did you grow up with a strict religious background? I, you know, I think in and of itself, uh, being part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is kind of strict. Uh, you know, there is this idea of free will where you, you make your own choices, but there are high standards that come with it. And uh, Elizabeth's parents were very religious. Remind us all about the story. So, yeah. So, I mean, Elizabeth's parents were working on on building a home. Her father was kind of a, a contractor. He had his contractor's license. So he constantly had people that were working on the home. Uh, and, and in this case, uh, a, a man worked on the roof uh, one afternoon. And, and a couple of weeks later, he abducted Elizabeth at knife point in the middle of the night they initially thought it was a handyman who'd worked with the smarts who had, there was a lot of circumstantial evidence against him. And, and there was a huge, there was a lot of tension between the family and law enforcement because law enforcement was dead set on this handyman uh, where Elizabeth's sister, Mary Catherine, who witnessed the abduction, she remembered at, at one point that it was a different person in the room that night and the police really ignored it. Said she didn't know what she was thinking and, and, and so forth. And it took about five months before the family finally defiled law enforcement and came out with the information. Interestingly enough, in my role uh, as, as the publicist, when they came out with this information, uh, the law enforcement told the media that I had concocted the story to get Elizabeth back in the news, and, and it was panned. So what? nationally it was panned. Locally, a few stations picked up on it. Really, the only person that would even give it the time of day was John Walsh. Oh my gosh, I do. Now it's coming back to me. I remember this. Were the parents ever accused at first? Because they always look at the parents first. Absolutely. The parents were accused at first. And I write, I write about this uh, about a, a week into uh, the ordeal. 
the Salt Lake Tribune, which is the major daily here in Utah, uh, they they published a story implicating the family. And in fact, Jeannie Haberman, who's the Pulitzer Prize winning author and, and journalist who's covering the White House now for the New York Times, she wrote the first book on the smart case. And she characterized this story in this incident as uh, igniting a firestorm that threatened to rival the John Benet Ramsey case. So initially, there was intense scrutiny and and a lot of pressure on the family. Absolutely. And that, that's not uncommon. And what was it with the police? How come law enforcement did not listen to the daughter, the parents, you? Why not? You know, I, in, in law enforcement, there, there tends to be some tribalism. And in this case, I think there was a herd mentality. Not everybody believed this, but the vast majority of people, there was just so much circumstantial evidence uh, they told us at one point that they were 99.999% sure that Richard Reese had committed the crime. He died in prison uh, in, in about five months after Elizabeth was was gone. And, and it was believed at that point that, that the case was dead. And, and we really had to work hard to not just get the information out, but to continue to keep hope alive that, you know, at least trying to find something to get some sort of closure for the family. How many times have you heard John Walsh saved this case? I mean, he saved so many cases over the years. How did John Walsh get involved? Well, John was involved very early on, and and, and John is, is somebody that I have just the deepest respect for. Same. Uh, uh, but when the family was going through this ordeal of whether or not to go public with this information about this new person, there was internally a lot of turmoil as to what to do. And somebody said, why don't you talk to John Walsh and and agree, and this is between Ed and Lois, Elizabeth's parents, why don't you guys talk to John Walsh and agree that whatever he says you'll do? And so they did. And we met with John and explained you know, the situation. I told him, take your journalist hat off and, and we need to have an objective conversation as a father of, of a missing and murdered child. Right, they really right. need your advice. And John was great and said, yeah, you got to come forward with it. And then a couple of weeks later, leaked it on Larry King Live. And so created kind of some challenges there that that uh, in, in some now in hindsight believe maybe if he hadn't leaked that, that we would not have been able to get Lois Smart to actually come forward and defile law enforcement. So John played a huge role then. And then when nobody would listen, he took it to America's Most Wanted. And and uh, this, this sketch of this mystery man, uh, his family stepped forward. And then a couple of weeks later, John's viewers saw Elizabeth walking on State Street in Sandy, Utah, and she was rescued. We're talking with Chris Thomas, the author of the book, Unexpected, the backstory of finding Elizabeth smart and growing up in the culture of an American religion. Walk us through this. So she was kidnapped at night by Knife Point. Her sister in the same room saw the kidnappers. They originally had her in Utah. Walk us through the whole thing. Yeah, they kept her in a camp that was about a mile and a half from the house. And that a lot of people think, well, that that's why, like, why didn't she escape or how could they not find her? This camp was carved into the side of a mountain practically and in just some of the roughest terrain I've ever seen. I've, I've been up there and... They kept her there for a period, and as winter was coming, uh, they they went south. They took her to San Diego. Brian David Mitchell was a self-proclaimed religious fanatic. I don't know if he proclaimed himself as a fanatic, but he he dressed Elizabeth and, and his wife in veils, and that's how he was able to kind of take her there. Interestingly enough, Elizabeth manipulated Brian David Mitchell, said, hey, I've had this vision from God that we need to go back to, to Utah, that he, he was uh, looking to marry young women to basically abduct young women and, and said, hey, there's a lot of those there. And and he 
He said, okay, let's do it. And as soon as they arrived, uh, she was found and he was arrested. You're kidding. How smart is she? So she was she, only 15 at the time. Absolutely. She, she beat him at his own game and, and you know, was rescued. And, and it was an incredible day when she came back. How did the rescue go down? I remember uh, seeing pictures of her in the white robe. Where was she? How did it happen? So, yeah, so she was in, in Sandy, Utah, which is about 10 minutes south of Salt Lake City, um, walking on State Street, which is a, a very busy area. They had just gotten off a bus and uh, three America's Most Wanted viewers, three different ones, saw her and called in. And, you know, the police were there pretty quickly. Uh, I have an interesting story that relates to that in that that morning there had been some negative press uh, and, and Ed Smart and I were getting together to work on uh, a press briefing to respond to that press. And he called me a little before the meeting and said, hey, I'm I'm going to be late to our meeting. I've been summoned to Sandy City Police Department, told not to stop, not to talk to anyone, just giving you a heads up. And fortuitously, one of the few people I'd kept in contact with from high school was a detective with the Sandy City Police Department and oh called gosh. him incessantly until he finally gave me the information that they had brought in an indigent teenager they believed was Elizabeth Smart. And my question, of course, was, where did you find the body? And he said, what body? She's standing in the room right next to me. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We were able to pass that on to Ed Smart, and he was able to get down there quickly, and they were reunited. And and I met her for the first time later that day, and it was that day. It was 20 years ago, and it seems like yesterday. Man, when she was walking around State Street, she didn't say anything to anyone. It was just the people that noticed her. Is that right? Yes. And, and, and you know, throughout her ordeal, there was, uh, you know, he had threatened her multiple times that if she ever tried to escape, not only would he kill her, but he would go and kill her family. So she was very much being controlled by him. Uh, she had a, a, a few opportunities where she could have potentially escaped or told somebody and was just too afraid. Did he have a criminal record prior to the kidnapping? Uh, a, a number of of small things, and and uh, you know, it came out later that he had you know a, a history of of abusing uh, women and 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 children, and so you know, this was a a bad guy, a mentally deranged guy that uh, unfortunately you know was able to pull off really an unthinkable crime. Right, right, and he uh, got life in prison. He's rotting in prison right now. Is that correct? Yes. And Wanda, his wife, Bar Z, yes. is now out of prison. How did she that happen? She was released on a technicality about five or six years ago. Elizabeth had two days notice before that. And fortunately, I, you know, Salt Lake's a small place. I talked to a couple of people who live in the neighborhood where Bar Z resides, and they said she's a complete recluse. They'd never seen her, never seen her come out. And, and for Elizabeth's sake, I'm I'm very grateful for that. I mean, if you're Elizabeth, that always has to be in the back of your mind, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. I, I, you know, at the same time, you know, she's done a very good job of, of moving forward. Uh, when she first came home, her mom said to her, you know, don't let these people take another day, another minute of your life. And she's really lived that. So well, I, I, you know, you can't say you never look back. I think for the most part, her focus is is on moving forward and, and you know, tries not to let those things bother her. You know, I, hearing this story, it's not often that it has a happy ending. And this one ended with a happy ending. Look at her now. You know, there's no question about that, that it, it's had a happy ending. And, and you know, she, dur during the case, Ed hit a point where the media interest had waned and, and wanted to do something positive and 
really just had a lot of energy and we were able to get him involved in lobbying for the national amber alert which came to fruition at right after elizabeth uh was rescued and and elizabeth's passed on that legacy of giving back and and it's just it's it's amazing to see and, and it's inspiring to see she's not the only one out there there's lots of other people that have had really hard things happen to them and have been able to rise above that and, and right. have found that through service that, that they can not only heal but make the world a better place Chris, thanks for your time. The book is called Unexpected Chris Thomas, The Backstory of Finding Elizabeth Smart and Growing Up in the Culture of an American Religion. Really appreciate your time. Pete, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. I have a wonderful life, and there's every reason to believe that like, there is nothing quite as resilient, I think, in this whole world as the human spirit. And no matter what you can, what you have been through, It is possible to be happy. More of the Pete McMurray Show next.